Hey, welcome back everybody to another episode of the FN Story. I'm joined alongside a content creator, a caster analyst. He does a little bit of everything, loves some football too, and a good friend of mine, Levin 2K. How are you doing, Levin? I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. I appreciate you calling it football. I know uh, that's not the easiest thing for you to do, <laughs> but it, it means a lot to me. It means a lot to me. Hey, you, you know, you got to understand the audience you're talking to. You can't just be like... Only football is the one I have right there, and that's it. But, nah, it, it's football both ways. You guys call football one thing, we call it another. It's okay. I think we should just leave this debate for not now. <laughs> well, that's a great way to get started, right? Just start debating the terms of football. But, nah, what you been up to, Levin? How you been? Uh, I've been good, man. I've been good. Um, it's been a, a really fun year gotten the chance to experience a lot of great things due to Fortnite and then football so yeah just been really enjoying myself and, and just looking to try to close the year out strong you know hell yeah hell yeah I, last time i saw you we were in a different country i've seen you in actually multiple different countries this year so it's been nice to uh get to meet up in person finally uh the first time we got to meet though that was on the Fortnite competitive reddit where we were both dudes posting stuff on there and it was your podcast that got me interested because you were doing the 11 2K podcast. You've come a long way since there, bro. But, like, tell me about how you all started within Fortnite and, like, what was the beginnings of 11 2K? Ooh, okay, interesting. So we'll start at the beginnings of 11 2K in Fortnite. Um, I had friends in school, so I'm, I'm now I'm – 20 but at the time for when it came out i was i was back in school still um you know feels like centuries ago now actually but um i remember i had these friends who you know they were playing battle royale games they'd always play xbox games together and they saw fortnite come out and they were like yo daniel um come play fortnite with us man it's this new game um it was like this when the game literally came out like they had been waiting for battle royale to come out for fortnite i guess and i was like ah nah i'm good and at that time in my life, I had just sort of taken a break from gaming in general, because before that, I was like really into CSGO, right? Really into okay. Counter-Strike, played it constantly, uh, watched Counter-Strike esports constantly. I was just, you know, hard obsessed, but I was just sort of like chilling on that, focusing on school. I was playing a lot of basketball at the time as well. So wasn't into gaming, you know, my Xbox was all packed up away. I didn't even know where it was in my house. Um, but then it got to Christmas and we had the Christmas break and I was like, damn, I have nothing to do. Like, I, I just had <laughs> literally nothing to do. And they were like, yo, 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 come play Fortnite, come play Fortnite. I was like, you know what? Screw it, why not? And I unpacked my Xbox, got on Fortnite, and I fell in love with the game instantly. It was, I, I've not experienced anything like it with another game, I don't think. Um, I still remember my very, very first game. I hop off, off the battle bus, you know, it's a chapter one map. It's like, I don't know, it wasn't a specific POI, but it was just like sort of south of where Anarchy Acres is, right? I landed sort of in the middle of nowhere because I had no clue what I was doing. Um, and I land, I pick up an AR at this scrappy little hut and I see a guy in like the meadows ahead of me and I just gun him down. And I'm like, oh, I'm that guy, I've already gone him. <laughs> I'm that guy, like this game is easy. And um, I played squads with my friends a bunch. It was a lot of fun, a lot of fun. I was naturally like the best out of all of my friends um, just cause like I was just a try hard gaming nerd. And the thing about me is I'm very competitive. Like I'm very, very competitive. I like to be the best at everything I do. And so, after you know the christmas break when we're all playing and, and having fun i'm like 
now I want to be better this game. Like, I'm good, and we win games here and there, and, and it feels good, but I want to just be the best player in the game. Um, so I naturally just YouTubed Fortnite, and just like, yeah, Fortnite clips, how to get better, um, that kind of thing. And instantly I noticed all the good players, you know, at the time it would have been like Ninja, Mr. Grimms, all these people, they're all playing on PC. Like, all of these crazy clips I'm seeing are all on PC. Why am I here on Xbox like a noob? Let me switch to PC. And I have a PC because I used to play a bunch of Counter-Strike. Um, so instantly I switched to PC. Crossplay wasn't a thing at the time. So like I'm abandoning my friends to to, to commit to getting better at the game. Like, you know, it, it so seems not like, oh, only, yeah, it's not only did you not want to play it first, but they convinced you to play. You got better than them. And you're like, nah, you guys suck. I'm going to play on PC because Xbox is for noobs. Okay. Literally. Respect literally, it. That was it. That was it. And you have to imagine now, like, I, I don't have friends on PC that were playing uh, Fortnite. You know, the Counter-Strike friends I had, not only had I not spoken to them in so long because I just, like, quit gaming, but I'm pretty sure a lot of them at the time were just sort of like, Fortnite's a kid's game. We're sticking to our hardcore Counter-Strike, right? Um, so I literally had no one to play with. I would literally just play it on my own. Um, but it, it was sort of fun. I still really enjoyed it. I grinded solos. Um, I actually, at the time, Fortnite Tracker, they used to have like regional leaderboards and regional stats or things that you could see. So at the time, I was actually like um, number one in London for win rate okay. um, in, in pubs, which like I thought was a pretty big deal. <laughs> like I'm number one in London. Dude, London's at the time, at the time that's all it was. Like it was yeah. wins. It was like kills. No one really cared about KD. It was like, who had the most wins? What was your win rate? And like, how many kills did you get? Like that's how people... At first, when Fortnite first came out, like, oh, that's a good player. Yeah, yeah. So um, so that, that was what it was sort of for me at the time. But to be fair, actually, KD was quite important because my origin now into competitive, so that's just me playing Fortnite, right, and, and, and having fun on Fortnite. But the way I got into competitive was actually one day I'm playing squad fills because I guess I was sad and lonely and just wanted to make friends. <laughs> Um, no, nah, I, I think I used to play a bunch of squad fills just to, like, carry people. It was kind of fun because squad fills was easy and you just carry and whatnot. And I get into a lobby with like an American guy. And it, it, was, it was so, I don't know why he was playing NA. I mean, EU, but he was so amazed by my abilities. If you've seen me playing now, the thought of this just doesn't even make sense. <laughs> but he was so amazed by how good I was. He was like, yo, dude, I gotta get you on my team. I gotta get you on my team. I'm like, you got a team? He's like, yeah, Jade, it's called Jade. Uh, I gotta get you on my team. And um, he added me on Discord. We talked a bunch and you know, he added me to his team Discord, Jade. And uh, for people who don't know, the, the team that was Jade at the time, because nobody listening is going to have a clue what Jade was, unless you're super, super OG. They're actually the team that went on to become um, Atlantis, that original sort of Atlantis team with Mitro and all those guys, right? Um, so yes, as you can tell, I didn't get onto Team Jade. Uh, wasn't quite good enough, right? Um, but that was my intro into comp, right? I made friends with all those guys in their Discord, in that Discord. Um, they they liked me a lot, I guess. And so they would always invite me to any other Discords that they'd make, you know, around competitive. Um, they'd always, those guys would always vouch for me as well, um, which was really cool. And just there, I just started to network and meet a bunch of people in the scene um, who were OGs at the time. And, and, and from there, that really just sort of, kept me going in the sort of competitive aspect of it, the early competitive. I'm talking before Epic even acknowledged really what competitive was, you know, way before summer skirmishes and all that. It was just a bunch of people in discords, you know, Q sniping each other. That was a fun time. 
Definitely. Uh, and everyone thought it was squads and you needed to have a team. I just actually talked to Vivid about it. And he was, he's saying like the same thing. Like some random dude tried him out in a singular pub match. And just like that was his tryout. And he's like, yeah, I slayed out. And they're like, yeah. all right, you're on the team. Like you're on our squad. Yeah. Come play. So like that's as difficult as it was at first. Now it's obviously much different. But everyone was just trying to figure out what was going on. And everyone was like, damn, this game is pretty cool. There, there's definitely some competitive aspect of it. Like, let's figure out Ooh. how this works. It was it was a fun time. But, like, how did you turn – so you love to talk about your, your duo tree or the, the players that you've played with tree. Um, but how did you turn, like, Team Jade into kind of – pretty much a career at this point and now you're you're networked within like a lot of the top players within the region know pretty much everyone at least what it appears to how did that happen because you could easily just that was what four or five years ago that happened and now you are one of the bigger personalities within the region so tell me how we get to where we are now yeah, a lot of it, I think, you know, if you're going to take anything away from it, it, it would be just a story of networking and how important networking is. You know, I, I always say to people, I, I would have nothing that I have now if it wasn't for an ability to network and just become friends with people and, and, and be friendly with people. You know, from those early days when I was in Jade and these random scrim servers, a lot of it was just about, you know, filling because I didn't have a designated team like other people. Right. And so I just fill with people. Um, so, you know, if, if somebody's teammate was missing, I'd be like, hey, yo, I can feel. And, 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 you know, even if we're not doing as well in those games and in those sessions, I'm just a friendly guy. And so people are like, yeah, yeah I like Levin, do you know what I mean? Because back then, you know, you're talking about the differences. One of the biggest differences back then to now in terms of competitive and climbing is that competitive now, you, you climb on merit. If you're winning every cash card, people are going to respect you. You're going to get better teammates. Back then, there was nothing like that. It was all about people vouching you, right? All about people being like, that's a nice guy, you should give him a chance, right? And so I built myself around that and, and you sort of just gradually work your way up and, and, you know, people know you from that. I think the biggest thing probably was when Playground was released, right? Because when Playground was released, everybody was just sort of doing these 1v1s all the time. It was like constant hours of just 1v1 and different people. And so naturally you were just meeting way more people than you were during scrims and practice games, right? Because everybody from every which way wanted to just run everyone anybody to try and improve um and i use that to my advantage quite a bit the problem i had though was that one i, I was falling off like i wasn't as good as the people i was playing with and, and and hanging out with just if i'm being frank i just wasn't as good at them um mechanically i was starting to slow down a bit um and in terms of just game knowledge and understanding and intelligence i was just nowhere near the mark whatsoever um but people still kept me around because it's friendly eleven guy. He's, he's a cool guy, you know. Yeah, you're um, a fun guy to be around. Yeah, and 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 that's what sort of kept me going. But I realized I was falling off. I started to take a step back. I'm focusing on school. I'm spending way too much time playing Fortnite. Let me focus on school a bit. But the one thing people always used to say to me back then was, Evan, your voice, bro. You should be a commentator. You should you should do something, man. You got crazy voice, right? That was always one of the biggest laws about me back then, and so. When I did eventually decide that I wanted to get back more into Fortnite and the scene, even though I knew it wasn't going to be as a player, I was like, hey, I know all these players. I know all these players better than anybody knows these players because I'm friends with these players. 
nobody has a podcast. Like nobody has a podcast where they just talk to these players. And obviously that was something I was very accustomed to because I was in CS, right? And that was something that was a big thing in CS. You know, you get pros and talk to them um, in traditional sports that I follow as well. That was a thing. Wasn't a thing in Fortnite at all. And so I just started interviewing people and talking to people and people in EU loved it. Obviously I wasn't big in NA or anything, but people in EU, they loved it. I'll never forget after the first podcast episode I ever did, it was with Phoenix and Mongrel, who at the time, like is still, obviously I know Mongrel's like long gone now in Fortnite, but this is back when Mongrel was still Mongrel. And he DMs me and he goes, that was so, so good. Please make more. And this is someone that, even though I was in the community, I was in the scene of Mongrel never was talking to me about anything. Right? <laughs> Mongrel never was talking. So when I saw that, I was like, damn, people really like this. Just kept doing that, kept doing that. And naturally there, you're, I'm expanding now because now I'm just like trying to interview anybody um, involved in the scene and making friends with them. And I have a catalog of, hey, I've spoken to him, him, her, whoever. And so um, I meet Kraz. Kraz was uh, involved in War Legend stuff quite a lot. Um, he was like, the, the, he's the face of War Legend basically. And they were involved in organizing a bunch of tournaments and whatnot. And one day he, he messages me like, hey, I'm doing this Fortnite tournament um, in EU, Epica sponsoring it, you know, decent amount of money involved for eu i have no eu commentators like there's no every commentator in fortnite is is na like there's no eu commentators the only ones that aren't um you know na that are eu they're, they're different languages they're french and they don't speak much english or they're <laughs> spanish they don't speak much english you know and he was like i know you've never commentated before but i want to pair you with clay stelling he is na but at least we have one eu and, and it makes sense and from there all takes off right i just i was awful by the way um i was awful i did the, i did the war legend event for them the squad event i was absolutely awful at commentating but it was a foot in the door and um similar to when i first started playing the game me wanting to be better i really wanted to improve right so i start watching myself back a lot watching other people trying to involve uh, um learn messaging people at bala tw and asking him for advice and whatnot and you just sort of establish yourself and I keep getting different gigs until one day I get hit up by DreamHack. They say, hey, you want to commentate DreamHack events? <laughs> sure do I. Like, <laughs> yes, please. I will do anything to uh, to do a DreamHack event. And once I got hit up by DreamHack, I sort of knew that uh, I was eventually going to get on the epic FNCS broadcast just because, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of that stuff is intertwined, you know, in the back end. So yeah, I was DreamHack, like, DreamHack... So it was almost like the like tryout grounds for exactly. the epic broadcast and you naturally being like you mentioned one of those eu people that filled the eu void that was massive and relevant at first or i don't know that relevance the right word but there wasn't those eu people to even broadcast to you you had like sundown zeke monster like all those guys are na and just naturally it's like okay why is a bunch of americans talking about europe so <laughs> yeah. it, it was the perfect time for you you to come in you reese kind of filled that gap perfectly yeah and and so from there i was just like now nah, i'm just going hard just really really working at making sure that i have you know the pillars of being on camera talent down to a t um and and you know fortunately my hard work paid off and and i got the chance for epic and i sort of never looked back from there and and now i'm in a position where like i'm, I'm commentating I'm, I'm starting to make a decent amount of money from it and it's like let's see where you can take this you know you're, you're, you're a commentator now who would have thought <laughs> you know 
Well, the funny thing is you and I have had conversations. You, you've always wanted to be an analyst, right? But you kind of just have that voice that naturally draws people in. And it's so unique because of how deep your voice is, as well as your, your accent and the way you express yourself. You're, you're uniquely Levin 2K. If you are listening to you speak, you immediately know, like, okay, this, this is clearly Levin speaking. He's using his, like, random sayings he throws out all the time, mixing some sort of, like, football sayings and, like, combinations into Fortnite. And I, I think you've done really well to become your own style of caster. I know you said at first it wasn't that good, but right now, I mean, you could fill a lot of voids or gaps, whatever you want to say, positions, roles within any kind of broadcast to to help a team out because your knowledge is super helpful. You can do a good job of explaining it to like the layman people that don't necessarily know the game as well as us nerds and then take that and go cast if you want. Like I also think the way that you've networked makes you a great color caster because you can tell these stories of, oh, this player and that player, they didn't actually get along or like this clicked right away. And like that knowledge is super helpful, um, which is something we hear in sports, but not necessarily Fortnite because a lot of it's just surface level, like gameplay stuff. Uh, but I've really appreciated listening to your cast over the past year because of all that extra knowledge that you bring to a broadcast. Yeah, I appreciate that, man, because, you know, and, and I know we've had conversations about this, but I, a lot of people don't know, I, I didn't really feel like I was a good commentator or I could be a good commentator for the longest time. Um, people also used to tell me about, you know, my voice and this, this and that, and, and that's cool and all, but even then, it, I, I didn't feel like I had the voice or the sound to be a commentator, and I had to really sort of develop that and, and, and work on on having that rhythm. Um, being an analyst and, and being in those sort of segments for me was always natural and easy or easier at least just because I, I'm just talking, I have my moments, you know, it's like if you're playing basketball, you're like, you're a spot up shooter, you know, you know, if you get to your spot, you take your shot, you're going to score it. Whereas like, if you are a commentator, you are like, you're, you're dictating the play, you're like a point guard who's just, you know, you're, you're, you're running everything and it's that constant rhythm. And it was like, I, I really felt like that was something that maybe um, wasn't to my strength, so it was a bit of my comfort zone. Um, but but I did you know really try to work on that and and you're right I, I took a lot of influence from um, sports and and that sort of thing because again there, there just wasn't many people doing that in that way and I feel like that definitely helped me it helped people relate to me because as much as we're all gamers we're all nerds there's a lot of people in the Fortnite community especially in EU who do watch football right when they do pay attention to sports and so they hear certain things and they're like ha huh, I get that you know and so there was this you sort of added layer there but um. Yeah, I feel like it, it, it's very important. I get a bunch of people all the time who ask me about, you know, trying to get into commentary and doing the kind of thing we do. And I always say to them, it's very important that you understand, you know, really the, 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 the fundamentals and the pillars of what you are getting yourself into. It's all good knowing a lot about the game or it's all good looking good on camera, but it's about combining all those things well. And once you can do that, then people will notice you. Like people will notice what you can do and opportunities will start to come. But yeah, man, I, I appreciate that. Uh, it, it means a lot to me. Thank you. You're welcome. It's well-deserved. And what you said is similar to what Monster echoed. It's like you need to find a way to be yourself. 
because everyone else is trying to be everyone else. So like if you're just trying to be somebody, it won't be unique or anyone will really care. So it's it's interesting, right? There's that, oh, so I need to do this to get there. But then it's, no, you actually just need to be yourself and find a way to figure out how that works. It's, uh, it's a strange world because no one tells you how the hell this works, uh, yeah. especially for people like you and I. Uh, you're even younger than me you're just a kid still at least in my eyes so uh i mean good for you man you've already made this a career young in your life and i hope to be seeing you doing this for a while um do you think that doing all the stuff you do with football helps you because you do a lot of pretty much your entire twitter feed is football stuff and you're active. I think it's Manchester. Oh, I don't want to get this wrong. United. Yeah. <laughs> it's so weird. I hear you said you're trying to tread lightly. Like, don't want to mess anything <laughs> up. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm a Man United fan. Okay. But I, in general, I just talk about anything football related. Yeah. Um, does it help me? Yes, for sure. Um, it helps in, in, a, in a couple different ways. I think the main way that maybe people wouldn't expect is in terms of like um, analysis. It's very useful to have something completely different um, like football, where when I watch football, I have a framework of how I analyze football. And, and I have a framework in which, you know, when I watch a match, it goes through my brain and it funnels on and I extrapolate different things and I understand different things. Having that, of course, it's a different framework to what I use for Fortnite, but at least I can take things from there, right? And so sometimes I see certain things differently um, because it reminds me of maybe certain patterns that I see in, you know, football, right? And and that's always something that I've always found was really common in sports. You'll see in sports a lot of the time, like some of the best coaches and managers always talk about how like they'll be inspired by other sports and stuff. And you're like, oh, really? And then myself i started to see how even you know in some of my analysis in fortnite i was like being inspired by things i was seeing in basketball or, or football um so it definitely helps in that regard and, and i guess it helps for just uh ideas and innovation because you know i can i can just take things from you know what i know from football and try and bring certain ideas into um uh, fortnite it's, it's one of the things i always talk with reese hub about where reese will be like yeah, I did a bit, you know, I did a bit of Halo back in the day or whatever, but for the most part, like, this is my only, like, thing. I don't really follow much sports. I don't really follow much other esports. And so what's here is here. And sure, I get new ideas. But for me, it's like, I'm almost cheating, right? Because I'm, like, <laughs> taking ideas from, like, something I saw in the NBA last week. I'm taking ideas from something I saw in Counter-Strike. I was taking ideas from football a lot of the time, right? So that's definitely uh, uh, been helpful to me, like, being involved in, in other communities for sure. Yeah, I, I would have to agree wholeheartedly, too. It's like both watching American football and I have a big baseball background. Like I played baseball my whole life growing up. And like there's certain parallels between different games. And it's hard to compare Fortnite to one game. I think we've been well past that where people are like, Fortnite is this sport. No, no it's not. There, it's just yeah. nothing. It, Fortnite yeah. is Fortnite and that is it. And yeah. there are parallels. So like one thing I like to talk about is for uh, baseball pitchers the best pitchers can still get wins on off days and within Fortnite, i think that's very similar whereas you're not going to be playing your best every single day so the best players can play well or well enough at least on their off days to do well um so it's just like one thing that came to mind while you're throwing that out there is 
we have all these terms and different things that we learn from other spaces, just throw them in here and people think it sounds good, but they don't know that we just stole it from somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's always fun, right? Being able to steal something, people are like, damn, that's so small. You're like, yeah, stole that. It's <laughs> not even new. Yeah. Uh, so moving in, you started off doing this pretty much as a kid and then it was all online at first, right? Because we're doing COVID and everything is like what we're watching now. We're just faces and boxes on a screen. But eventually we go into a studio environment and that's got to be wild for you because that is the first time that you get to walk in and the stage is massive. There's lights all over the place. There's huge cameras. There's hundred people or so helping this production like what was it like going into a studio for the first time i don't know was the fncs broadcast your first in-person cast yes i'm trying to dreamhack sweden wasn't before fncs right it wasn't no it was, it would have been, it was yeah, in between so the, i guess the second and third of one of yeah, this year. yeah 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 um yeah fncs was my first in person it, it, it was weird because I, I want to sit here and say like it was like super overwhelming it was crazy or whatnot but I don't know I feel like I had prepared myself for so long for that moment that I sort of waltzed in and I just felt comfortable instantly like there wasn't much of a of a period where I felt like really nervous or things felt daunting or anything um naturally just who I am and who I've always been growing up like I'm a very outgoing person um I love just talking and talking in front of people. Like it's just always been my thing, you know, in school, I was always trying to be involved in school plays. Um, just, I'll be out with my friends and like, I'll just go up and talk to random strangers. And sometimes it drives my friends crazy. But I just find <laughs> that kind of thing fun, right? And so again, I knew what I was getting myself into so, so long ago in terms of like, I used to watch CSGO majors and be like, damn, I wish I could be on that desk. Like, I feel like I, like if I was there, I would say this, I would have done this, do you know what I mean? So I was so, so ready in my mind that like, when I go up into it, I was just ready. I just felt so good. I felt so comfortable. And of course, it's great because you're surrounded by a bunch of people who are passionate and who are really good at what they do. And so you take inspiration from that, um, which I was very fortunate to have. So yeah, that, that transition was, was really fun. It was just, it was almost like a bit of relief. Cause like you said, we had been in boxes for so long it was like to finally get the real deal was like amazing. Yeah, it's very different. And I think for me personally, I don't want to speak for you. The coolest part was just getting to meet everyone and then yeah. removing that barrier of us having to communicate while I'm talking to this camera thing. And you're actually right here on my screen. My camera's here. And yeah. I have to pretend that I'm speaking to a person because it's just not natural. That's not how people communicate as much as we have gotten good at it. And we can stare at a camera and make it look more natural it still feels weird on the inside and it felt so much better being in person. That's, that's how I felt about it. Yeah, for sure. I think the meeting people probably, yeah, would have been the biggest thing. Like finally just getting to, to be able to just see people. It was, it was so, so good. Um, only other person I'd met before that would have been Reese. Right. So I, uh, Reese and Adam Savage would have been the only two people I would have met, but it was like just being able to see Shia or see you, you know what I mean? Because we've known each other in the scene for years, right? Everyone, it was just it was just great to, to see people, you know? That, that was probably the most fun aspect of it, yeah. And so you worked with Shio the first season, and you guys worked together for a couple of seasons. You guys had a, a unique um, 
type of broadcast. Definitely a lot more lighthearted, fun, and joking. Now, then you had to switch to, it was Tokata, right? I don't want to. Yeah. So yeah, what do you think like each of them brings? Because personally, I think Shio is one of, if not the best caster in the region. And I think everyone's kind of like trying to, to reach him, at least play by play, right? I, I think we could all talk about the positions and whatnot, but Shio has his unique flavor. And I think you guys paired really well with that. And then having, well, first talk to me about like that combination between you and Shia. Like, how did that work so well? Because when you listen to those, it sounds like you two are literally just friends talking. And to me, that's kind of what I want when I'm watching Fortnite is just hanging out with somebody. So let's talk about that first. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there. We, we are quite literally just friends talking. Um, <laughs> it, it's one of those things where me and Shia you know here off very early on we're both very similar people in the scene um in terms of like our interests outside of like fortnite we're, we're, we're both very similar in that regard of like we have very similar music taste uh, a lot of humor is, is quite translatable and similar there right and so you know we've always just been very good friends um and so for me working with him was always a, a big deal because i have a huge respect for him in terms of like of course, you naturally respect everybody you work with, right? Especially in Fortnite, and that's one of the great things in Fortnite. Everyone's so great. But Shia in particular, because of my experiences outside of uh, a Fortnite and, and you know, my intrigue into being on-camera talent and all those things, like Shia was probably the person I had the biggest respect for in terms of, like, I can really see where he's mastered his craft. Um, and so being able to learn from him and, and, and work with him was, was a massive, massive deal for me. Um, and... Honestly, I, I think what worked so well about us was that there, there, there was a balance there. We both had very good understanding. I think one of the worst things you can ever have when working with anyone anywhere in any job is when you, you, you're working with someone who you don't have understanding. Um, you don't have the kind of relationship where you can be frank with that other person, right? And and so working with Shao was always great. We could always have these really frank conversations and, and we always sort of were on the same page. Um, which, which was really great. And I think the community obviously loved that. They were receptive to that in EU. I think it was, <laughs> again, it was maybe an unfair combination in the sense of like you have Shia, who many people think is just the best cast in Fortnite. Um, and then you have me on EU, at least, where it's like people love me in EU, right? I'm just a big part of the community in EU. The so EU it was always guy. like, yeah, so it was always going to be like, people are going to love us regardless. We could have, we could have, I think we were very good, but we could have sucked <laughs> and people probably still would have loved us to some extent, right? Um, but yeah, that, that, that was really good working with Shah. I learned a lot from him and, and you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, anytime I get a chance to work with him, I always enjoy it really. You know, we had a bloody podcast together, right? So, you know, we, we got along a lot. Yeah, well, and then you guys got to work together once again at the Gamers 8 tournament and just seeing you guys, because I, we only got to see like a portion of it because we came well after and like you guys just like genuinely are having fun out there it's, it's cool to watch um but yeah. then things got switched up and like speaking from a talent perspective this is one of the most frustrating things where people have not been able to build the chemistry that i think is necessary working with people it's just been constant changes i mean look at someone like vivid he worked with adam savage and then me and then 
somebody else this season, Jacob. So like he hasn't gotten that experience. You, same thing. You worked with Reese as an analyst, then you worked with Shio, and then you worked with Takata. And I, I think that we're missing that chemistry. Like it comes out obviously when people have worked together, but I mean, I'm thinking from my, my background is American football, the NFL, the best commentators come in pairs. Like it is hard to switch those people up and have it sound as good. Rarely does that work. Most of these guys have been working together for like 10, eight, five years at least. And then you could just tell because there's not a missed beat. There's nothing like that. Um, which is unfortunate because it seems like constant change within Fortnite, which kind of sucks, but hopefully it's for the better to find the right pairs. Um, and for you getting constantly switched around, do you, do you feel that way? And like, how did you quickly adapt to the people that you're working with? Yeah, it's a weird one because you're right. I, I'm the same in terms of my background, like everywhere I consume this kind of content, whether it be Counter-Strike, football, basketball, you know, commentator pairs are set and they are, you know, consistent for, for years, right? So you definitely do see that where people just have that chemistry running over years and in Fortnite, we don't have that, sure. I think the big thing is, is like being able to have conversations with people about like expectations of each other when working with each other and, 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 as long as people sort of understand what the dynamic of your relationship is going to be, you know, on camera, I feel like you can get things to work. You can sort of accelerate that process of, of, of finding chemistry because, you know, for me, like when, when I've done small events, cause this is something that especially will happen in small events in Fortnite, where it's like a smaller event, maybe a third party tournament, and they're just looking for any castle. So they, they're not really bothered about pairs. They'll just chuck two people together. You know, next thing you know, you're, you're working with someone completely random you never casted with before. Right. And, and in those situations, it's like, you know, you might not even see that person till you actually start the show, right? And then, <laughs> so it's like, you're just casting with that person now for a whole tournament. Yeah. Um, I think with some of the references, it's been a bit easier in the sense of like, I can have a conversation with, you know, Reese and be like, hey, let's do things this way. I can have a conversation with Takara. Hey, let's do things this way. Same with Shia, whatever. Um, it's, I, I don't think it'll be easy anyway i think naturally you're always going to see where like the chemistry isn't there whether that be maybe there are some misbeats here and there um but again it's just about finding what works and and i think most people probably dealt with it quite well um i say most i can't think of an example where i don't think it's been dealt with it well but yeah you know obviously i worked with takata last season for fncs and it was good i think it was the flavor was definitely different to what you got with me and shio and and i think that was always a big potential problem where it was like for anybody right not just a car for anybody if you're coming after shio like you don't want to come after shio it's like yeah. um i remember i was watching like a, a clip of like a comedian i think it might have been kevin hart or somebody right and he was talking about like doing a show and it's like dave chappelle's like on a show or something and it's like i don't want to come after <laughs> dave chappelle like that guy is fine i'm funny but that guy is funny funny like i don't want to come after him right and so it, it was always going to be like a potential issue there. But again, like I, I had those conversations with Takara where it's like, you're not shy wager. I don't need to be shy wager. You are Takara. I'm Levin. We're going to make this our own thing, our own sound. And, and I think we definitely did that. And we got to that point over the course of the season. But um, yeah, it, it can always be hard switching and, and swapping. But, um, you know, hopefully we get to a point where people can just sort of develop partnerships, right? Because I think 
probably does work the best uh yeah. from what we've seen in, in other things i hope so too um and, and i think like you said it hasn't been a problem but i also don't think we're reaching peak greatness from commentators not having that chemistry but it also seems like it's not a uniquely Fortnite thing if we're talking about like even sean garris and ddk like decided all right we're not getting put together we think we're the best and we can't even work together and we're not getting jobs screw this right so it's not a uniquely it seems more like an esports thing than a like specific to the game title and I, I think that's more just because we don't know the longevity of it like if we're looking at a premier league match or an nfl game we know those are going to continue for 10 25 40 100 years as long as the world doesn't explode people are going to want want to watch either kind of football and it's going to continue to be consumed so it's like that how long is this actually going to last that's in the back of everyone's mind that i think holds those like long-term partnerships together because everyone's just trying to do the best they can at the moment yeah and 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 to be fair as well i i think people even in sports you see it happen right where for the most part, I think the main consistent that you'll see in sports, or at least in football, the main consistent is like the actual play-by-play commentator. In football, sometimes you do see, depending on certain matchups or whatever's happening, um, the actual color commentator will switch up, right? So that that's not an uncommon thing. Um, it's just about you know where it makes sense to to happen. I think would be would be the the key thing, right? Um, but yeah, again, you're right. It's like that that thing in the back of everyone's mind. You know, how long will it last, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but that's always an unknown you know yeah hopefully at least a few more years i don't want to go get a real job that would suck this is way too much fun just sit here and talk about video games and enjoy it now for you we're going into the invitational you're a massive eu stan probably the biggest one that i've ever met both literally and figuratively and i need to know who do you think way too early predictions because like to ask for an actual prediction right now would be super dumb. We don't know what the map's going to look like the metal, all that nonsense, but way too early prediction. Who do you think's coming out on top? And if you don't say any EU team, you're fake. Um, Way too early prediction. It is an interesting one because again, there's so many people in EU right now who I think are, you know, just absolutely elite players, players who have had incredible years. Um, and, and as much as I'm an EU stan, I, I love NA. I, I, you know, some of the best of the best players in the world are in NA. Um, uh, nowadays, I make jokes about how I wish they could be saved from NA just to, <laughs> to me on NA even harder. I think the big thing I'd say in terms of a prediction is I, I'm very inclined to say, I think, the winning team or player is going to have to have one of two players. Maybe this is hard to say. Ah, oh, it's hard, man. I don't know. Oh, this is... Oh, God. Yes, I think it's going to be EU. That's not a debate. I think it's going to be someone from EU. It's just thinking about... There's so many different... Like, think of one name. Let's say I think of Veno, right? And I go, Veno is going to be someone who can win Invitational. But then, like, I'm like, no, but actually you know, Malibuco, yeah, I mean, I'm just, there's so many names in my head that I'm like scrambling between that. It's hard to very much decide. Um, damn, this is hard. 
give me no, I'm gonna three. Say, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say Booga. I'm gonna Booga. yeah, I'm gonna I'm Oh, gonna. you're fake. This this is over. <laughs> this guy roots for EU the whole time and then just goes Booga. That's a cop out answer. No, you know no, honestly honestly it is super hard. Um I don't even know what the teams are gonna be. Actually, I do know what the teams are gonna be to live. But I think if I was to give you a couple of different names to throw into the works, I feel like Malabuka is a name I'd throw in there. Um, of course, he's coming off of a land win already. Um, I'd throw in Queasy in there as well. Um, I think Queasy and Veno are definitely a team to watch out for in that regard. Um, just in terms of when you look at a team, you have a combination of Queasy who's so intelligent at the game. Um, and works very, very hard. And you have Venno, who I think is the best player in the, in the game, easily. Um, okay. In theory, I feel like that combination, you know, going into whatever the map and the season is going to look like, I feel like they're very equipped to, to do well early on. Um, and so probably I'd go with them just as an early, early thing. I just, it's something that I just think makes sense. Who knows whether or not it's actually going to pan out and work out that way. Um Maybe I'd throw a couple Spanners in the works, uh, the likes of Tayson, I guess you'd throw in there, even though I feel like he he definitely needs to step up his game a bit of late. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of Pink and Anas. I love those two. Um, there's loads of people who I think are, are good enough and have what it takes. But again, early on, pinning a team down is is very impossible for my, my small, fragile mind. Um, very hard. Well, and I don't think it's necessarily possible. So that's why, like, obviously just asking, you know, who you kind of think are the, the best teams right now. And we're still two yeah. months away. And with Fortnite players, who knows who's actually going to put in the effort over the next two months. Um, as much as it seems like a lot of those people you named are some of the hardest workers that I've seen outwardly facing. Um, two months is a long time. We have a brand new season. Who knows what kind of curveball we're going to get with that. Uh, which always seems to turn off a couple of people and then get other people more excited as the season comes on. Mm. Um, one thing that I've learned from speaking of Reese is you love to put teams on the comparison to would they be able to do that with Malibu and Mustache. He said that you love to compare, okay, could they do this with Malibu and Mustache in the lobby? So like, one, how how did that come about? Like, how are you then comparing everyone to could they do this against those two? And why why is it so hard? Like, it, try and explain. I, I know why it's so hard, yeah. but, like, why are those two so difficult to play against? So, so I'll, I'll explain the story to people who maybe don't know. So one day, right, I'm sitting in a call with a bunch of pros, you know, Juriki, Queasy, there's a bunch of EU guys, right? And um, Yomzo joins the call. Yomzo, top, top player in NA, one of my favorite players to watch in Fortnite. And um, he comes in and he's super hyped about like this solo clutch he had gotten in a cash cup or something, right? He's so, so excited. He's like, guys, I just had this crazy, crazy clutch. I won the game, it was crazy. And he screen shares and he's showing us the clip, right? And we're all sitting there watching it. And I know we were all thinking the exact same <laughs> thing. And eventually it was Juriki that says it, right? But it's like, we're watching Yomzo, he's walking around, you know, he's got like no mats, mid and low ground. He's jumping up layers, climbing up layers, going down, one pumping a guy there, jumping. And we're like watching and we're like, 
if Malibu and Mustache were in this lobby, you'd never have gotten away with any of that. <laughs> like, and then Juriki starts going like, and every like couple of seconds, Juriki was like, yeah, if you were there, yeah, right there, Malibu would have killed you. Oh yeah, right there, uh, Mustache would have 200 punched you right there. And it's like, you know, it's a bit of a joke, it's a bit of banter, but it, it just speaks to the fact that like, a lot of the time, right, when people talk about the whole NA versus EU thing, a lot of the time it's not necessarily about the actual individual players at the top. Like, I, I wholeheartedly believe most of the top NA players would come to EU and they'd be very, very good. It's just where the adjustment period is going to come is in terms of the, the nature of the lobby and the competitiveness of the lobby. Um, in an EU lobby, you just get punished a lot more for certain things. And, and that's literally it. Like, when I watch NA West, right, this is the biggest thing when I watch NA West. When I watch NA West, I'm watching and I'm like, I might be watching a team and they're not even that bad, but I'm like, you're just doing so many things where you would have died or would have been punished way more if you're on an EU. Like, you just couldn't get away with that. And um, I think that's the most difficult thing. Um, and so, yeah, if you're if you're a player, like, it, it, it's it, if we're going, yep, yeah, you can't do the Malibu and Session in the lobby, it's more so just because you might not have seen where you've done something that left you exposed, right? And so Fortnite is such a difficult game. There's so many different variables constantly happening. Um, but the best of the best players are one to are constantly thinking about how their actions could have affected them and mitigating the weaknesses of those potential actions, right? And so, you know, if you're walking around all brazenly in mid-ground with no mats, you know, not even checking congested side behind you, yeah, I'm very inclined to think Malibuka and such probably would have killed you if they were in the <laughs> lobby, right? You know what I mean? So, yeah, that, that that's where that comes from. Yeah, and I, I think it's very important to see is the top teams pretty much in na east and eu much more so i think there's a larger pool of eu teams that do this they're intentional and play with a purpose like everything that they're doing is on purpose and not just playing the game and i think the biggest thing that i've seen and surprised me the most was seeing clicks and dukes start to play that way this season because up until now clicks was very much just like play the lobby kind of player um and i I have to credit Blood X. I don't know 100% for sure that it's like him that has caused this, but watching their games, they don't get a ton of elims, yet they still are consistently making it through the end games, understanding when to put themselves in trouble versus, oh, th there's a guy here. Like, I have to jump on this guy. And I also think part of that is clicks playing with day and learning how frustrating it is when a player just like I'm jumping in this box because clicks used to be that guy. And then he sees it from the other side. He's like, ah, oh, shit, like I can't be doing this to my teammate. That is going to ruin games if I continue to do that. So playing with more intent and finding ways to move through these lobbies. I don't know that you've been able to watch them, but it definitely seems they've developed and evolved as a team more than any team that I've seen this season. Yeah, they're, they're, I know exactly what you're talking about. And and the key thing with that is that there are teams in Fortnite and the best teams in Fortnite typically can do this where they can play a brand and a style in which they don't rely on eliminations, right? Um, until the very sort of end moments of a game. And the benefit of this right is that when you look at the nature of any sort of engagement yeah you might go into engagements with some sort of favorable dynamic or whatever but there's a lot of risk there right and then and that you lose that fight you're, you're scuffed or whatever there's so much risk there and so 
when you're playing your your game and your strategy is sort of elimination to elimination, like you're living on your next elimination, right? Whereas like a lot of the best players, they are playing to a script or textbook in which they aren't relying on any elimination. They're relying on maybe getting to second moving zone or third moving zone. Then they know where the weak points are and where they can pick up eliminations there, right? But again, in the case of Crix and Duke for sure, right? Blood X has had a, a big help in that. Um, he's helped me a lot in understanding that and, and being able to see that in my analysis where, you know, you, you can spot teams who have intention. Um, that's one of the biggest things I think people don't realise. And maybe it's just because of, I don't want to say lack of education, because I think we have a lot of great people out there who, who try to educate in terms of Reese, yourself, you know, Bala back in the day. But from spending time with a lot of the top players in the past couple of months, I, I certainly see it more where in terms of like the education and, uh, and and how people think about the game, it's probably the biggest difference between being the best and just being like good. Um, and and what you talked about there is is a big part of the key differences um, between those sets of players for sure. Yeah, and you can have one good game where you do that, but it's different to continually do it throughout a tournament and. There's only so many teams that can impose their will in such a way to where, like, they control the lobby. And if you guys are listening to this and you're like, oh, Malibu and Mustache don't make sense. Yeah, they, they literally don't make sense. They are not a team that kind of, like, they are doing this, but, like, in a much different way than I think anyone has seen. Um, so, yeah, it's just really cool to see the evolution of Fortnite. I, I know you appreciate the game as much as I do, and... Being able to see these players and teams create strategies, put them into play, clearly have practiced them, and then just show that at the end of the day, like it works. It's not just that simple. And one one team I like to talk about is Cold and Scented. They were or probably Scented Commandment and Edgy um, back when they played together. They were like the first team on NA that I really saw being that intentional with their gameplay. Um, and then you see it expand over time as there's just more and more players trying to put their footprint into a lobby and make their staple, which is really cool. And, you know, watching over a tournament, watching it evolve, seeing like the counter punches and punches, it's a fascinating game, um, which is hard to appreciate if you don't like fully understand or can't even see like what a team is doing. So I don't know. I hope, I hope we continue to get that. I don't know where I was going with it, but just kind of nerding out here, talking some Fortnite <laughs> with you. No, it's fun, man. I, I think that's one of the biggest things I'd say to people is like, it's all about just spotting patterns a lot of the time, right? That, that's what a lot of these players are looking for, right? It's like, you know, they, they play a bunch of games and over the course of the games they play, they spot patterns that they look to be able to repeat, right? Because ultimately, you, you know, you want to give yourself things that are repeatable to do. It simplifies the game for you in terms of like your framework and how you make decisions within a game, right? And so it's like players are looking, they're playing, they're spotting patterns and they're looking to incorporate those patterns into their almost algorithm, right? If X, we do Y, because we've seen that, we've experienced that so many times that we know the best thing to do is to do Y. So yeah, again, just nerding out, but <laughs> Fortnite's fun, man. Fortnite's fun. Very complex game. Very, very complex game. Yeah, and it's so unrepeatable like just because you've played one game well doesn't mean that you're ever going to see the same zone and ever going to be able to repeat what you just did like high ground is probably the most repeatable 
but say you don't pull a fit zone, you, you know, and you're used to pulling a fit zone or something like that, where you're holding high ground from that position on. It's just not a game where you get to sit back and be like, I'm going to do this every time. And I think that's why I love it so much is there's that constant thought process involved where we are now seeing from players that used to just play the game and were good enough to get by. Now it's becoming no longer relevant to just be able to do that. And it's been a cool evolution because it's only going to get better. Like soon we're going to have, you know, 15 teams trying to do this in a lobby as opposed to five or 10. And how is that going to work when everyone freaking realizes like how to actually play the game and not just like play within a game, you know? That's, that's the really interesting bit for me. It's like, once, cause, cause you're right. That's what it feels like when I watch EU, right? Like it does feel like that way. I'm like, there's five teams in the game or in the lobby who I know for sure they actually have a really good understanding, a comprehensive understanding of how to play the game. You know, maybe about up to 10 teams who are there, but not there yet. And then the rest is like, you are just sort of like, again, it feels, it feels bad. It feels bad to say like, they don't know what they're doing, but it's like, they're just not at that level of understanding and how they use their brains to play the game. Um, and so again, once more and more people get to that point, which you have to assume eventually will happen, who knows? Yeah, it, it becomes very, very interesting for sure. Well, and I think the Invitational will give us that first glance at what it looks like at least because we're going to have all of the top teams and at least a few of them from every region. I would say one or two at minimum understand what it's like to play the game. The only problem, like I, I definitely believe Epic Whale understands this concept, right? So him and Reet are going to come in understanding how this works. But then you look at like a Snacky who comes in and like that dude literally is just better than the entire region runs through West. And that's how he plays the game. But you, you're not going to be able to do that, right? That's where you throw in your Malabukum or Stash comparison. Like, could he do that? No, that's just not going to happen. So you got a few of those NA players. I'm interested to see the Brazilian scene where they stack up compared to, you know, what we think is the best. Um, but they've also surprised. There's also been some more recent lack of, level of competition uh at least on an international level like we've had gamers eight and we've had the two dream hacks but the dream hacks don't even really count because everyone kind of has to it was either an na dream hack or an eu dream hack which you know yeah. you got some going both ways but it's not what we're about to see which is going to be some of the best Fortnite in the world um man lemon that was that was fun i enjoyed nerding out with you that's that's almost an hour already jeez Really? Yeah. Oh damn! I'm flying and you're having fun. Oh yeah, but yeah, it has been. It's it's weird, man. We haven't been able to like talk frankly like this for for quite a while. I've not I've not really done much podcast stuff for a long time. I know, you know, you used to do your thing with One Up, which was a bunch of fun. But um, nah, man, we've not we've not been able to do this for a while. It's been fun, man. Yeah, the the One Up one is sad. He still pops in. You know, he'll say what's up from time to time, but he's busy working like. I think he's working on like a master's degree in data analytics. He's way too smart to be doing this like yeah, video way game too stuff. But yeah, man, it it was it's been fun and I enjoy just getting to talk to people like yourself, talking about the game because you know, I don't get to do this on a regular basis. I don't know if you do, but it's uh 
it's different it's unique and it's a cool thing to do that i haven't seen many people doing within fortnite so i decided you know fuck it i'm just gonna start talking to people about the game so yeah that's where we're at i got a couple of questions for wrap up um first of all where does levin 2k come from the name i mean you can tell us your address too but don't do that Eleven two K the name. So my date of birth is the sixth of March. I was born in two thousand and two, which you would have gathered because I'm twenty. Um, oh six, oh three, oh two gives you the number eleven. Um, and so eleven was always. I just made it like my. I declared that once I figured it out that eleven is my lucky number. Um, I took the E away, um, and then I actually replaced the E initially when I made my name. I replaced the E with an I, so I was actually I eleven for a long, long time. And then I thought I-11 sounds a bit nerdy. It's not really cool. And I removed it and it was 11. I was like, oh, 11 sounds kind of cool. Um, so I ran with 11 for a while. Then when I was playing Counter-Strike, a bunch of Dutch people would always be like, oh, you're Dutch? And I'm like, what the hell are you on about? I'm not Dutch. And they'd be like, well, your name's Dutch. And I Googled it and 11 actually means life in Dutch. Oh. So my name means life, which is cool, I guess. It's good. It meant life and not something else like shit or something. I would have been <laughs> pretty bad. Um but uh, yeah, so that's why I get 11. And then the 2K, I couldn't get 11 on most platforms. Really, really hard. Um, and I was a big fan of Stewie 2K, Counter-Strike player. And so I just put 2K into my name. And then voila, 11 2K. That is probably the best name origin story. Because I ask every time that I've heard so far. Normally, it's like Xbox generated this. And then I stuck with it. Um, yeah. Or like Vivid was like, I wanted to Google something. And I Googled words that were descriptive and then it was, oh, cool, Vivid, which Vivid is a sick name, but it's not yeah, like it his name. birth name or his birthday turned into like a name. Yeah. Uh, I like that. Well, well played. Well played. And Thank secondly, you. your favorite Fortnite skin of all time? Has to be uh, Lada. Lada. Lada, the, the female taco skin. Oh yeah, you had your own your own shop. Yeah, I had a bundle in the game, and so because Lada is a part of that bundle, um, she is my. I, I've always preferred the female skins over the male skins, so um, yeah, Lada, uh, she's my go-to. I've got uh, got a lot of love for her. Okay, and lastly, where can people find you, Levin? What are you gonna be up to? Give yourself a shout. Levin uh, Two K on all social media platforms. Um, what am I going to be up to? I'm just going to be enjoying life. If you like football, um, I, I'm posting a lot of football content on my TikTok. Um, I tweet a bunch about football as well. He does. Um, I've been streaming again a, a lot more recently. Uh, I've been streaming no a lot way. more. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. A couple streams here and there a week. Um, so, you know, be sure to check out my Twitch. You never know. I might actually be live there for the first time in forever. <laughs> um, so, yeah, just... Uh, Wherever you want to find me, you can find me. All right. That's 112K everywhere, guys. Levin, thank you so much for joining me, man. I always appreciate speaking with you. And hey, you're welcome. Thank you for coming on and just having fun being yourself. Thank you for continuously being yourself. Always appreciate that. Um, So that's all we got, guys. I appreciate everyone at home as well. Thank you guys for listening, watching, wherever you consume this podcast. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate it. If you have any complaints, you can send me a DM on Twitter at somebody's gun 
or if you want to tell me this is awesome or if you want to be a guest, something like that, uh, DMs are open. Go ahead and shoot those my way. Thank you all so much. We will see you next time, and that's been another episode of the Fortnite Story.